Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It has been a bit since we aired an episode, and that's mostly due to the fact that I am on a road trip. So until now, I haven't had time to edit some of the interviews that we have recorded. Um, We have almost just one month left until the end of season two, which will be ending with our first ever virtual Bee Chats event. And I have a lot of really important information about that that I'm going to be sharing at the end of this episode. So make sure to listen to the end. You won't want to miss some of the announcements related to that event. Um, Today, Mary and I are talking with Kat LaPrairie. This is someone I have been so excited to have on the podcast. And um, we are talking about abiding in Christ and gender and all of that good stuff. So with that, let's head into the episode. Once again, everyone, we are here at Life on Side B. I am Joshua Proctor, and for co-host today, we are joined by Mary. Mary, happy to be back. It's been it's it's been a while. It has been a while since um, since the the first half of the season. I know, right? Oh my gosh, <gasps> it's been a whole summer, and what a summer it has been. What a summer. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear. Um, Also, today, we are joined by a very special guest that I have been looking forward to have on the um, podcast for a while. I know some of you might say he says that a lot, but seriously, I mean it with this one. Um, Kat LaPrairie. Hey, Kat. Hey, hey. How's it going? Uh, Yeah, I... Kat and I have been having on and off conversations for a few months now about mm-hmm. coming on the podcast. And so I am so excited for this. Yeah, um, I'm excited to be here as well. Thanks for yeah, having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. How are both of you doing? Let's start with that. <laughs> start with Kat. Oh, man, I am. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, quarantine has been interesting. But yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Have you been occupying your time with quarantine? <laughs> yeah, quarantine has been uh certainly interesting. Um yeah, I've had a lot of time to as an extrovert, it's really difficult. It's been really really hard. Um but uh, yeah, I, I've had a lot of time to kind of refocus and and really reevaluate um my priorities and stuff like that. So, that's been awesome. Yeah. Wow. I I chose not to have that problem and to be an introvert, so I'm thriving. <laughs> um, I understand what you're saying, Kat, because I actually learned I'm an extrovert in quarantine. Oh, man, that's hard. And that, yeah, it was difficult. It was like, oh, my gosh, I apparently need people more than I thought I did. And Aww. this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mary, how about you? Um. Well, rather like Kat, actually, I'm doing pretty well for myself. Um, it's, there was a bit of a scare personally, um, because I had to, I'm, I'm in news. And so we are slowly moving back towards, um, sending us out into the field again, especially as election is coming up. So of course we want to do election coverage. We want to do, uh, word on the street interviews, that sort of thing. Um, so I was a little bit nervous, especially with COVID, you know, let's get the wipes for the mics and that sort of thing. We're going to be talking to people who may or may not be masked. Um, but so far 
nothing bad has happened um and nothing as bad has happened to my team so for that i am very grateful good man i'm very that's great yeah Yeah. it is a crazy time you know and before we get into our discussion today i have kind of just a i mean just to kind of go on this um i don't know really wherever you guys are at as i i don't know how much things have started kind of reopening and i know then different parts of the country are in kind of different phases um but as things have kind of started reopening um what would you guys say has been the main thing you are glad that you've been able to kind of do recently that you weren't able to do in the early months of quarantine cat what about you is there anything you started doing again yeah definitely um going to like a brewery or a coffee shop and just being able to kind of sit and uh when I do need my introvert time um to just you know journal or listen to music and just kind of get away um that has been a huge blessing to have back something I was certainly missing oh my gosh those small moments I'm I'm telling you as I've started going back into it it's things like that have become like gold Mary, what about you? Anything? Um, I mean, so for the longest time, uh, my game night group friends were like, nope, we're doing this all entirely virtual, if at all. And normally what we would do is we would just find a film to stream online and do a watch party together. But it's just not the same, you know, Mm -hmm. not the same as, you know, trashing a really bad film in person together. You know, there's just a different vibe. Um... But we've recently met up again for an outside uh, BBQ, which I was very grateful for because, you know, I may be an introvert, but I do like hosting BBQ parties. And I was always the one to host these BBQ parties with my friends uh, over the summer. And of course, we couldn't really do that this year, but we managed to squeeze one little one in um, because we felt decently safe enough. All of my friends are doing very good you know, very good jobs of quarantining and being safe and washing hands, et cetera. So it, it did come down to a trust that you've been doing your part to stay as safe as part as possible. I've been doing my part. And so let's go ahead. Let's, you know, have grill some stuff outside. Um, so I was very mm-hmm. grateful for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That yeah. sounds awesome. I, I, I think it's funny <laughs> that like how maybe not funny is the right word, but interesting how, some things that just seemed so ordinary before quarantine now are just like so precious. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. for me, the big thing has been, I have found a way to go to the gym safely. <laughs> um, yeah. because I, um, I am a person I need, I need to expend energy. I have to in some way during the quarantine, I was running a ton. Um, but I was so out of lifting and everything, which before quarantine had been a huge outlet for me, um, that I finally found a way that going to my, going to a gym where like I can go and I go at literally the weirdest hours because <laughs> I go to a 24 hour gym. So like 2 a.m. Oh um, my gosh. 2 p.m. Well, I don't sleep. So I'm like a vampire. So what is your schedule? <laughs> Well, I, I make up my own work schedule in the sense of like with the hours that I work, as long as I get my work done, it's not a nine to five kind of situation. It's just, I have to get my work done. Um, more jobs like that, please. Oh yeah. So 
I have finally found a way for me to go to the gym in a way that I feel safe. Um, and so, and it's been, it has been heaven. <laughs> it's been so good. Oh yeah. Well, I'm really excited to get into this, this conversation. Y'all, this is going to be a good one. You're going to want to hear this. Uh, cause we're going to be talking about abiding with you know, abiding in Christ. Uh, and what does that look like in our lives? What does that even mean? You know, I, I think sometimes these kind of terms can be very Christianese and we, we then forget what they mean. <laughs> and, um, I'm really excited to have Kat on, you know, we're, we're all just going to be here talking about none of us are, are experts on theology or anything, but we're talking about how this stuff affects our lives and how it's worked out in our lives. So, um, yeah, Kat, I'm really, I'm really glad to have you here for this. Thank you. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's so good. For, to start off, um, just for anyone who might be listening that doesn't know too much about you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you identify and, um, just a short clip of how you've gotten to where you're at and reconciling your faith, sexuality, gender. Oh yeah. Um, so I have found a lot of freedom in identifying as transgender or trans. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, just having that language to define, you know, my experience. And I, I really, um, you know, sat in that term trans, which like looking it up now, transgender is even changed from what I was expecting that I would find on the internet. But like trans, it's still like that umbrella term that's basically just defining um, and separating out that you're not aligned gender wise with your biological birth sex. And so that's where I was finding a lot of disconnection um, was that I wasn't the girl or the woman that I was um, biologically as well as gender um, expression wise. So that really allowed me to um, just make that term my own and give it some shape. Yeah. To how I was experiencing life. Yeah. So I, I was born um, and raised in a Christian home and had, you know, gone to, um, to church all my life, but I was really wrestling um, with my sexuality. I came out at, at 18 and later um, found that, the gender piece was the missing part of that, that identity of, of really describing who I was. So, um, when I came, when I came out at 18, I was having, like, there was so much shame and so much, um, just happening and going on in internally so that in order for me to reconcile that shame, I decided to leave the church. I started dating women and left the church and left everything, you know, kind of that I had known my entire life. Yeah. So I was, I found myself in a, in a long, um, a long term relationship and I was just, I was looking to possibly marry this person, um, and really envision my life, what that was looking, you know, going to look like for us together. And I found that I was actually, I felt like I was missing something, um, that I was actually kind of like, man, I always kind of thought that we would go to church or that if we had kids, like they would be in the church. And so in an effort to try to basically get all of my ducks in a row um, and get my life to how I, I thought it should look or how I wanted it to look, I said, Hey, like 
you want to go to church? And um, she said, sure, we can go. So we found a, a mega church um, that I was comfortable with and knew. And we started going for a couple months. Um, and so that was actually, that was really good. We were actually, um, actually talking about deeper things for the first time, uh, together. And we were kind of, we were growing. Um, and so I went, uh, one, one week in particular and the worship was always my least favorite part of church, um, going back, um, cause it was the most vulnerable. It was kind of like you're, you're declaring this praise and worship for God. And I wasn't really sure how I felt about God. Mm-hmm. And so there was one particular Sunday where I was, I usually couldn't stand, um, during it. I didn't want to, it was like, again, like I said, too vulnerable, but, um, mm-hmm. I was in the process, the band was changing songs and, um, I stood up and, um, only to be wrecked, uh, later. <laughs> so the song was no longer slaves. And mm-hmm. as the words kind of were washing over me, um, I did feel like surrounded by love. And what actually started happening was I was unraveling inside so much so that my tears were just constant. Um, and for the first time, I understood that there was a deeper fear that I was just carrying around and it was normal. And so looking back, I mean, God was revealing, you're fearful uh, and that I'm actually wanting to break all of those chains that you're, you're holding onto and that you're carrying, but you kind of need to let me. So in that moment, uh, I understood and I realized I actually have a fear of going to the bathroom, like in a public restroom. And the reason for that is because I don't feel aligned with my biological sex. So again, up until that point, really in that moment, I had always identified as, as gay or a woman but it never felt right. And so in that moment, it was starting to click that there's a reason or there's other things that um, are indicating that there's more kind of going on. So I just lost it. I was wrecked. I couldn't stop crying. Um, but then a couple months later, I decided to find a, a, a more intimate experience at a, a smaller church. So my friend and cousin, actually. Um, I, I asked him if I could go with him. And so he said, sure. I had a similar experience where I felt just radically loved and, um, felt like I was, I was receiving truth. And so we, we started going there. Uh, A couple months later, uh, this woman comes up to me and, um, she says, Hey, like, I noticed that sometimes you come in late and sometimes you don't have somebody to sit with. I just wanted you to know, like, you could always sit with me and my, my family. I, my husband's over there and I have two kids. And, um, I kind of did this internal eye roll of, okay, thanks Christian. Like you did a good job, like inviting me <laughs> to come and sit with you. Uh, good job. And, but because we were in church and she asked me what I did, I felt like I probably shouldn't be like a wet blanket to that conversation. So, um, she asked me what I did for work and I, um, I told her and then, I asked her what she did and she's like, well, my husband and I have a ministry and um, we're working to bridge the gap between the LGBT community and the church. And in that moment, um, I knew I was set up and I was set up by God. 
Mm. I was, I was intentionally there because he had put me there. You know, this was nothing that my cousin did. This was nothing that nobody, you know, nobody else knew yeah. um, what was going on. It was just, a, it was a complete, and as I look back, I never, like, so loved, I felt in that moment. So loved that, that he wasn't done. Um, he wasn't done with me. So mm-hmm. I had, um, like I said, I kind of sat, this was around the time that I was kind of sitting in that identity piece, trans or transgender and really figuring out and saying like, okay, it's not a statement that if I come out as trans, it's saying, okay, I'm changing my pronouns. I'm changing my name. I'm starting testosterone. Um, the umbrella piece really helped because it said, okay, we can pump the brakes and you can, you have some room to figure this out. So that's like kind of the only way that I was really able to sit in that is because it wasn't a declaration of like, you know, I'm changing my sex or gender. So, um, yeah, a couple months later, I was going through it where I was having um, really intense dysphoria, gender dysphoria. So really feeling like my biological sex was not matching up with how I saw myself. And so this was for about a, a month. Um, I couldn't focus on anything else. I was just, I was constantly consuming like YouTube or uh, other trans activists that are, you know, Insta famous or, you know, YouTube famous because of their transition and their journeys. And um, I also had a counselor that was kind of telling me like, Hey, yeah, like you can, you can transition, you can, we can do this, you know? And I felt like she was not really, what she wasn't doing is she wasn't asking like, why do you feel like this? Or why do you feel like a man? Um, and trying to put some, some structure to it, not like combatively, you know, asking this, but just the fact that she didn't ask, ask that question. Yeah. And that's when I remembered Lori. Lori was actually the person who Aww. came up to me at church. Um, and I, I reached out to her and I just asked her, um, and, and told her, I'm like, this is kind of what I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of, this is what you should do. You know, certainly for my parents, it's, um, you know, one way and like, you know, you're a woman lean into that. That didn't feel obviously like great just because it, it felt like it was negating a lot of my experience. But then I was also, you know, getting, yeah, go for it. We're on board. Um, just do it. So I reached out to Lori and I said, I'm, this is what I'm dealing with. What does God think? And, and we really started to, you know, a couple months later, really started to have like a mentorship um, type of relationship. And she really tore the veil off of who Jesus was. And we really started getting at the root of, well, what really matters? Like, do you care what God thinks? Um, and obviously I was asking that question, but yeah. that is not where I was, you know, years before that, even six months before that. I didn't care what God thought about it. Um, and so at this point of like really trying to figure out what does being a Christian mean, um, I was able to kind of ask that question and really, I guess, be prepared for the, for the answer of that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about how, how I identify. I think, like I said, the, um, the terminology I think is really important for people, um, and, and at different stages. So I'm really mm-hmm. glad and thankful for, um, for that language. But I, I learned the more that I really get into 
and figure out how does God see me? How much does God really love me? How does he even delight in me? Like, what does he think? Um, I find that the label tends to be not so important. Again, I think that it's very yeah. important and it's, it, it certainly plays a role. Um, but I, I find again, that, that I'm not anti it, but just that it, it's becoming, it, it's having a different role in my life as I, as I move through this journey. Yeah, that That's makes sense. I mean, I think that makes sense, especially when like many times the labels that we use, they, they play an important part because they help give a name to something that for so long has evaded us in being able to grasp it and understand it about ourselves. And sometimes as we, as we're finally able to grasp that and as we grow deeper in our understanding of our sexuality, our gender, um, and our faith, sometimes those, those, those terms are still there to help define it. But as we've gained a grasp of it, sometimes they don't become necessarily as important Mm-hmm. as i mean maybe not important but as substantially out front as before yeah like as but, core to who we yeah. are kind of a thing. I, yeah yeah it's like i always tell people that when i first decided to come out like it was like my introduction to everyone hi i'm josh and i'm gay <laughs> <laughs> hi hi did you have it on the little the, sticky <laughs> i was that kid in in like the university classes where they'd say tell us two things about yourself and probably both things would be i'm gay <laughs> i'm gay I'm gayer, and i'm gayer than you I'm expect gay. me to be <laughs> exactly and um and and it's important because it, it, it finally it's like you finally have this term and it's like yes um and then just as i've grown more into myself and grown more into understanding my sexuality it's still there but you you learn to understand yourself encompassing as a human being as a whole even more and where your sexuality plays a part in that or your gender and all of that so yeah no thank you for sharing that i really appreciate that thank you yeah yeah um yeah and and so this this topic that like we said the topic this week is abiding in christ and so um i guess just to start uh how would you generally define this phrase which many of us hear so often in church but um but many may not really understand it you know what it means what are your thoughts on that well i think um kind of to start like yeah when we see people that are that are maybe struggling or seemingly not cuz i think we have this this image in our head of what um somebody looks like when they are abiding in christ and so that that would mean like you know seemingly not struggling or um super energetic super you know always ready to kind of be there for people, um, which I think is, is certainly part of it. But um, I think about like what maybe Jesus kind of looked like um, in his walk of, it seemed like he always was kind of getting away um, or needing time. And then especially um, when he's praying in the garden um, before his hour has come, 
you know, he's, he's just, he's a mess. And, you know, like Matthew, Mark and Luke talk about it of the agony and troubled and sorrowful. And I think that isn't necessarily something that we would think when it, when it comes to abiding in Christ um, or abiding in the father. Um, But the reality is, is that he had the best relationship with, with God um, and kind of living this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go off on that a little bit Um, Mm -hmm. just because I was, you know, in preparation, I was like, okay, where did the phrase abide in Christ? Because of course we've heard it, but I didn't know the scripture verse off the top of my head. So John 15, five, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And going off of what you just said, um, I just sort of realized that it is okay if the fruit that you bear is just your own. That is still a victory for Christ. And Hmm. just being able to abide in him and be the fruit that Christ, um, you know, hoped that you would always be. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, just wanted to add that no, in. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, that's really good because I was also wondering about that. I was when I was like, I, I was literally just thinking, <laughs> I know there's a verse connected to this phrase, and I didn't take that time to look it up. It's fine. That's what you have me here for. But oh, um, always continue jumping. But... Yeah, jumping off of that. Um, can you share why you think this abiding in Christ is the best way to approach? people who are queer people who are not cisgender, et cetera. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, I guess, cause like on a, on a, I guess a bigger scale, like I think about, so just people that we run into family, um, roommates, friends, I think that there's like this pressure that we have cause like we're Christians, um, and, and Christ followers to, okay get out your checklist of like, you need to be, you need to be kind. You need to be patient. You need to be loving. Um, I also want to be bold and truthful. Uh, I want to be validating, but not over validating. You know, it's all these different things. It's like, Oh my gosh, go ahead and try to do that. (laughs) And just, Oh yeah. And do it in the moment. Um, I think that that that's extremely daunting, but that actually Jesus is all of those things when he's out healing and as he's, he's interacting with people, he's all of those things. And he wasn't necessarily, okay, now I have to be kind and now do that. But it's rather this abiding in this leaning on Christ, on Christ and the father, on um, what he was doing and just ob- ob- acting out of obedience um, to that of like whatever he's calling you to do. So um, that's kind of like where, where I initially go um, that we just need to be kind of like symbolically, like holding his hand always. Um, And as we, as we do that, I think that the, the voice gets stronger and it gets um, just easier to hear and yeah, kind of, kind of giving us inevitably, you know, what's on the, the checklist is that you're kind and that you're loving and all of these other things. And that when we just abide, if that's our focus, um, the other things just kind of happen. Mm-hmm. They're the results of naturally. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love 
what I'm so glad, Mary, that you brought up the, the, the verse where Jesus actually mentions abiding in him, because I love the picture of like the vine. And, and also if you think about it, when Paul talks about like the fruit of the spirit, the fruit grow simply because they're connected to the plant, whatever they're coming from. Um, the fruit are the results of the life of the plant. And when we like the idea of being connected to Christ as like a branch or a vine on a tree is this idea of just like being connected as the source of life. Like we can't, <laughs> we can't survive mm-hmm. or just continue without being connected to him because the moment the branch gets disconnected, it's going to wither because it doesn't have a source of sun- sustenance. Right. And I think it also becomes, I love that we're talking about this now because I think in many ways this becomes even more real now in the midst of a pandemic when people aren't being able to be physically with their faith community as much as they were able to. And there's so many different things happening at the exact same time of dealing with the pandemic and, and politics and, um, and racial justice and, and all these different things that are in, that are happening in our world, let alone just, can I try not to be a crappy human in my daily life? (laughs) (laughs) Which is normally my struggle. Um, it's hard because like, I will even say in my life, I was, I was literally talking to a friend of mine after, um, Michelle, who's been on the podcast before, um, her and I went to church today and uh, we're recording on Sunday for everyone listening. And, um, I was saying that I am in a spiritual rut of going through routines, clicking off check marks, but not feeling the presence of God in my life, really. And some of that can be related to pandemic. You know, I could, I could put some of that in pandemic, but some of it's just that I, I have not been intention. I've been just going through this routine of check mark, checklists, checklists of what I need to get done and ultimately finding not a, a spiritual awakening within those things. Um, and I feel like we so many times get through that. Um, and so like one thing I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts more on is what, what do you think normally why do you think people normally go towards rule following so easily, like rather than taking that time of abiding in Christ and that stuff? Yeah, I think it's, it's really natural to, um, for us as people, like we have, we're, we're busy, you know, we have, we have lives. We want to be able to kind of put things in categories or boxes and then be able to just kind of, either being neutral or, you know, autopilot of just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of where the boundaries are. And now I'm just going to kind of live. Um, and I think abiding in Christ, especially if we're, if we're looking at Jesus praying in the garden, he was so present um, in that. So that like, you know, he's, he's crying, he's like pouring out his heart. And that is the ultimate, like, sacrifice or, or offering that we can give to God because God is after our heart. And so if we're just really open and honest with, um, with where we're at, 
And I think the present, though, to be present is certainly more difficult than just to kind of say, okay, I'm not going to go over here and do these types of quote unquote, you know, like the sins or whatever. Um, but that it's much more difficult to actually bring him in to the daily. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. That's good. Mary, I, when I wanted to ask you, you know, as we're talking about abiding in Christ and Kat, you from your from what you've shared so far, my assumption has been that you come from a Protestant background, correct? Like myself. Oh my goodness, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I was I was uh, I was raised Baptist, um, okay. and I'm currently now like in a CRC church. But I've been told that the CRC church that I'm attending is not true traditional CRC. So I'm really I'm okay. Not- well, both of us seem to come from more of a Protestant Protestant background. I would love to, Mary, if you have any thoughts of like, if there's an aspect within the Catholic side, you know, um, within the understanding of abiding with Christ that you think is important in this conversation. Oh, man. Now I wish you had sent me that question. In Sorry. Advance. I wasn't the one supposed to be interviewed. I, but, um... <laughs> I just thought of this off the top of my head. And I know that is I fair. Know so many times, so many times there can be very big nuances on topics like this in between the Protestant experience and the Catholic experience. Um, many ways joined at the same. And if you need to, you can mull over it and we can come back to this question. But I if you have I any think, thoughts right away. So a couple of things that come to mind, I'll try and put them into a coherent manner. Um, no, thing number one, um, certainly Catholics and Protestants pray differently. Um, and there's something about prayer that is abiding in Christ. There is something about going, especially for Catholics, I think prayer tends to be either a very communal thing where you pray at church because you are in the presence of the Eucharist, which we believe is the real true presence of God. So it is a communal thing, but also at the very same time, very private. You go, you say, oh, you're having a hard time. I will pray for you. I will say a rosary for you, but you don't pray with them there. You pray in the privacy of your home usually. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's something about consistently praying consistently going back to abide in christ in that way um and the other thing uh that i was thinking of is this is technically coming from an encyclical an encyclical is a letter written by uh the from the vicar of christ the pope um and it's originally about work but there is this idea on participating in the creation of Christ. And usually that's focused much more on work, workers, how do we, you know, what the dignity of labor um, and Mm -hmm. what does it mean to rest on the Sabbath, that sort of thing. But there's also this idea of participating in the creation of Christ simply by trying to be that um, branch that produces fruit. And going back to what I said before, it is, it is still a victory for Christ if you are the fruit that, you know, 
is born <laughs> if you uh reach the end of the course of your life and you say i have followed the course i have stayed the race you know i have um finished the race as it were and that can look very different from person to person from christian to christian uh and i know that we did just talk about how it shouldn't be a checklist but rather you know this consistent coming back to christ recentering um and not letting it become just a list of things that you have to do in order to get to the good life um that's mostly what i'm thinking about that was very yeah. jumbled i apologize no i think <laughs> it's great um yeah i think that I'm glad. I, I just wanted to share it because I know we have many, we have many Catholic listeners as well, <laughs> and um, as well as Orthodox, and um, just like to be able to have that because I think there is many things that are connected, and 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 I love kind of going on the thing of prayer. You know, I I love what you've been saying about looking at looking at Jesus, looking at his time in the garden. And I feel like majority of my relationship with Jesus has been those moments of like, like a majority of, of when I get spiritually dead, be, not spiritually dead, cross that, um, in spiritual ruts, um, mm -hmm. because of the checklist, because of the, um, just gonna go to church, do my stuff, get this done. Um, ultimately takes me to this place of prayer with God where it gets very vulnerable and very raw. Um, and I think we see that throughout scripture, not even just in Jesus's prayer, but in the Psalms, uh, we see that in, um, in so many other places. And yeah, I, I guess kind of moving this into the direction of, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, yeah. And kind of moving this over into the LGBT conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, where do you think these two connect? Like, and, and what, what do you think how this whole abiding with Christ connects to us as LGBT Christians? Yeah, I, don't I know think if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Um, I think, I think this becomes about, um, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, w what's the question at the end of the day that we're kind of asking ourselves? Um, and like, does this glorify God as opposed to, um, is it crossing it kind of back to the, the checklist thing of like, is it crossing a boundary or is it cross crossing a, uh, a sin? And I think that, um, that God really just sees like escapism as escapism, uh, for instance. Um, so whether that's you're escaping into drugs or Netflix, um, certainly one is much more socially acceptable <clears throat> than the other. Mm -hmm. Um, so just, yeah, like, I guess, I mean, for us as LGBT community, um, you know, how do we, I mean, it doesn't look any different than, than, than straight um, cisgender people of how we abide, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. I'm mm -hmm. getting um, a little mixed. I guess. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? People who are 
I don't know. I guess is there any more clarity? No, yeah, I guess what you're saying. Uh, I, I guess in the sense of like, kind of going. Oh goodness. Okay. I know. Dear <laughs> Jesus, clear, clear, clear our minds and right. bring clarity like to us in this moment because I feel like there's a lot of confusion and mess. Amen. Um. Yeah. So, I think the main thing is is kind of connect to explain more <laughs> of what I mean. And also based off of what you're saying is, is many times we as LGBT Christians can wrestle over what does it mean to be gay, trans, and people of faith. And we wrestle through and try to figure out the black and white of it all. And we might get to a place where like, wh what does it look like for us to get into the ruts? What does it look for like, you know, like you said, many in many ways, us abiding in Christ is the same. Right. Um, but what do you think the ruts are that you many times see that we as LGBT Christians could get into? Is there any kind of? I mean, for sure. I mean, there's like the marriage uh, rut of, um, you know, being same-sex attracted of like, okay, am I ever going to get married? Um, you know, and that would be to to a man, um, for me. Um, so mm -hmm. it's like this whole, they, they can easily spiral into this shame storm of like, you know, what is this? This isn't kind of, this isn't fair, but, um, yeah, but, but understanding and, and kind of the abiding piece comes to, okay, what is your will? Um, and, and give me eyes to see beyond what I can see. Um, so, you know, everything working together for good. Um, that's kind of what I, anytime, like I'm going through any type of major rut, um, spiritually, or even a, like some other outside thing that's happening to me that it's like, okay, my life would be a lot better if this thing didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Those types of things. I, I'm really trying to lean into the prayer of God, just don't waste this pain, which I know he's not going to, but it's, it's kind of like a reminder of like, you help me to stay present so that I don't waste it. <laughs> not that he's going to waste it, but that I don't waste it. So help me stay present to see how I can help somebody later, how this can apply um, to somebody else down the road. And I think it's really, really what I'm finding is like, shoot, abiding is like being present and it's inviting God in because he's already there, but it, it, he, he wants to be invited. This is a relationship. And so can we invite God to be in the present mess um, to help us figure it out? And as a result, the checklist gets done. <laughs> But if we are, yeah. if, but we're looking at it backwards sometimes, you know, like we're, we're getting out the checklist first of like, if I just do these things, it's going to give me all these other, you know, these good, good fruits, um, this good relationship. I'm going to have closeness and intimacy with God rather than going after the intimacy. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. Cause I, and that brings up a point I wasn't really thinking about is I was trying to, th I was trying to think of, and I, I guess and I apologize because I don't think I worded my qu question well, but you answered it amazingly. Um, <laughs> is 
Um, I was trying to think of what does it look like for us to get in ruts related to this journey of sexuality and gender, um, where we're, we're not abiding in Christ, where we're just going through the motions. And, and even uh, originally in my mind, I was just thinking of so many times I feel like for me, it can, the ruts I can get into is this thing of like having spent so much time trying to figure out what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do and, and what is okay and what is not okay. And what's all this different kind of stuff that those things end up becoming checkmark, like just mm -hmm. things to do like, okay, well, didn't have sex with a man this week. Cool. <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> didn't do this, but I did do that. And like all of this kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And you get to a place where you're comfortable, but then you're not really diving deeper in with Jesus. Like I used to be kind of thing. Like those are kind of ruts that I've found myself in at times. Um, but I think there's another one that you're kind of, you're pushing on. And I don't think of it is sometimes when we're in the midst of that pain or that discomfort. Um, and we don't want to be present in it. We don't want to be present in it with God. We want to kind of just, go numb to it and just do the things we need to do and just not even think about it. Mm -hmm. And I know like for me, sorry, I I'm always an example person. So I just always give examples yeah. of stuff. <laughs> um, like that was me last year. Like last year I, I lost multiple family members and all of this stuff. And, and I just went, I, I, I there was this temptation to just go numb in it not wanting to be present, not wanting to be with Jesus in that, in those moments. But I, I think then when we're in these moments of, of pain, we have the option to just go numb and, and not deal with it or to sit with Jesus in it. And as you said, what, what can come from this? Uh, whether and how I can help others or, or whether you to grow deeper with you, like, mm -hmm. Um, and sit in that pain presently. I, I love what you said that abiding with Christ is in many ways, just simply being present. That's so good. Sorry, just chiming in. Um, Go ahead, yeah. please. Because it was really funny that uh, you brought that up, Josh, because when I was, um, Josh sends questions guys to us in advance so that I know what we're talking about. But um, I know, sorry. I try to do that sometimes. Behind, behind the scenes stuff. But um. <laughs> But one of the questions that popped up um, for me that was not already on the list was just leaning into the uncomfortability of why is it so uncomfortable for us to ask the why of like, why am I not cisgender? Why is my sexuality different than uh, what I'm told it should be, etc. And why, you know, and usually, especially I think as a Catholic, I'm just like, no, that doesn't matter. It's all about how do I proceed forward and, you know, lay out a plan and how do I deal with this, you know, in a very concrete thing. Um, but I was also thinking about theologically, you know, not to be very basic about it, but theology is the study of God. One of the ways that we study God is through his creation. And it's so interesting that we are just, we're so uncomfortable confronting that in our own imago day especially when we have to deal with these difficult questions and since the theme of this season is not just surviving it's thriving how 
how do you lean into that uncomfortability? How do you lean and turn it into a grace rather than a hindrance um, in abiding in Christ? Yeah, I think, I mean, Josh was definitely hitting on that. Um, the the thriving as opposed to just surviving, um, for sure. Right. And, and, and I hope that we have like enough grace for ourselves too, that when, that when we decide to lean into thriving, that it might feel a lot like surviving. Um, meaning that it's just like really hard and that it doesn't look how we actually think. Cause I think we have, we have, we certainly do have something in mind when we say thriving of what that looks like, how we carry ourselves, how we act, how we interact with others. Um, but you know, often it gets worse before it gets better. Um, so having that grace to kind of seemingly survive, even though it's more of like on the way to thriving. Mm, yeah. You have opened my third eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really impacted by, by what you said, Kat, about like, sometimes when we're thriving, it may feel more like surviving because I think that what, what we forget in these conversations that we've been having this, this season is that thriving is not synonymous with e with easy. Correct. The two do not mean the same thing. And it takes, it takes work no matter where you are in life, no matter who you are, straight, gay, cisgender, trans, like whoever you are, Christian, wherever it is still hard in, in having a life of thriving. And I think that we think, oh, I'm not thriving because this is really difficult. Well, of course it's difficult. Like if we think of Jesus as being the one who brings abundant living, the man suffered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he said that he would bring abundant life. And he is the example of what it means to live the life. And yet that does not mean that it was easy for him. It does not mean that it didn't come without intention and, and struggle. And, and yeah, I, we call the earth, the Valley of shadow and death on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially in 2020. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so many times. I feel like we as Christians in general, this is not even an LGBT thing, but we as Christians in general want to just have black and white rules to follow, to just get it done with, to be able to have clear understanding of whether or not we are doing the right thing. We want it to be by our actions and, and our actions are, are, are right. But many times this journey is not just simply about rules. It's, and, and I think the side B conversation can many times get very much enwrapped in that because of our conversation about celibacy and all of these things. And, and so it gets, it gets caught up in this conversation of how do I do this or how do I not do this? Mm -hmm. Um, when the conversation is also about community, both with God and with others, and that gets messy and gets very messy. Um, and we have to be willing to go through the messiness in order to, to go, I don't know, to, to go through that because like, 
I will many times feel in my own life, like I, I deal with multiple, I don't know if I'm going to go there. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to switch over to the next question. Um, you know, as we kind of get into kind of moving in with this, as we said, this is not just a gay or trans thing, you know, abiding in Christ is for every single human being. And when we're talking in the areas of gender and sexuality, do you feel like taking this approach of abiding in Christ can help straight cisgender people have a healthy understanding of their own gender and sexuality? And like, what do you think that looks like? Whether for them or for us, or what do you think that connection of having a healthy understanding of gender and sexuality is connected to abiding in Christ? Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it's really helped. Um, and it, certainly this has been later where I'm, I'm getting into, like we talked about earlier about like Christianese abiding. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like a conscious thought as I, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle abiding today. Um, and what that means and how that's, that is, you, you know, good for. That's not how you wake up every morning. Right. <laughs> Usually. Um, but I think what it what it's helped me with is more about understanding what God thinks about me, um, asking that question, which again is like is being present with Him. Of you know, it's being honest and vulnerable about this is kind of what I'm feeling. Can you help? You know, give me some shape to if this is accurate or you know, what should, what should I be thinking and processing? Um, so I think often, I mean, for a majority of my life, um, which is not an understatement of feeling like God had this frown face when he saw me, uh, expressing my gender differently. Um, you know, on a very base level, just my gender, like that was definitely how I felt um, that he had this frown face, not to mention the sexuality piece, which that's, um, that was a huge piece as well. Um, mm -hmm. but when we kind of get down to, okay, does God even delight in me? Like, wh wh how does he view me? Is he excited about me? And kind of asking him to give shape. And it sounds so cliche of like, well, my identity's in Christ. And it's like, but it so is. But how do we get there? And understanding that he loves and accepts you just where you're at. The other things, one, I get they, they become not so surprisingly important or core. But also yeah. you find this new freedom to just say, yeah, I'm just going to wear this. It's not like it, it kind of says, well, it doesn't matter. So now I'm going to dress stereotypically as, as feminine as I can because that's what I'm going to lean into. Um, that's not really accurate. It's more of this freedom to, no, no, no. You can express yourself how you, how you, how you want. And there's certainly lines and parameters a bit with that, you know, um, for myself personally, if I find that I'm putting on clothing that, um, intentionally hides my femininity or just my body, I guess I should more say, cause that's a little bit more concrete because what the heck is femininity? Um, but hides my, my body shape 
and, and aspects that you can tell I'm a female. Um, that to me is kind of like, it dips into a posture of, for me, it, it dips into a posture that's, that's just kind of more unhelpful. Um, but when I'm really leaning into like, no, like you see me this way. And when I really only care about that, the other stuff of how other people see me or view me, it's still there. It's not like it just disappears and I don't experience that anymore. I don't care what other people think. Um, that's not true because it's still a reality. But when you decide to be obedient and you can't be obedient, I think, unless you understand the love piece, because otherwise without the love, it's just law. And I'm totally ripping off Keller right there. That's Tim Keller. Like I'm, you know, mm -hmm. but that man is the bomb. I love I him. I mean, it's, okay, it's continue. so good. That was so like life changing for me, um, which I found out after I kind of experienced it, but to give it language of let, um, I want to be obedient because I, because I love him and he loves me as opposed to following the law because he's asked me to, or told me to, that just doesn't go as far for me. Um, the love piece was that it, it's obedience when there's love present. Otherwise it's just, you're just following law. Mary, do you have any thoughts there? Well, you know, I have a silly thought. <laughs> oh, please. I love silly thoughts. Oh, my, my first thought was just, oh, well, I guess, you know, in order to abide in Christ every morning, you know, wake up every morning, abide in Christ, I will set my alarm with the subheader abide in Christ, you know, <laughs> 6 a.m. every morning. <laughs> I'm going to abide in Christ today. Yeah. Yeah. But that is not at all related to what you just answered. So yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to hold that back. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you know, sorry. Now, you know. It always has a way of coming If you out. don't know, now you know, in the words of him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, um, yeah. No, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go ahead. Go on. No, Mary. So, Dang it. no. <laughs> I want to hear Mary Rare. <sighs> ah, no, I didn't really have more of a thought to it other than I think it's, I think you're right that, what what is the uh, biblical verse? If I, you know, if I speak but I have no love. I am just a clanging symbol. Right, right, right. What is that? Proverbs? A gong. First uh, Corinthians is 13. Oh, close. Wow, you're on top yeah. of it. Way to go, Josh. You yeah, all about no, that's all. I you there. Air flip, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been interesting, especially kind of applying this, this, this to the gender conversation. Um, mm -hmm. as you were saying, you know, of going, it's not simply about making rules of, you know, oh, what, oh, am I allowed to wear this? Am I not allowed to wear that? Right, you know, like right. these kind of things that many times in, um, will get applied to like, where's the line? Like where, what, how far can you go? But again, I think that gets into this this kind of law understanding of just actions, just, just measuring actions when the very point of the sermon on the Mount is God going, it's not about the actions as much as the heart and the intent behind these actions. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? What is the reasoning? You know, um, it's not bad for me as a man to wear pink. Cause I love pink <laughs> so much. Pink's a nice color. It's so beautiful. Um, it's awesome. 
And it, it's, it's not bad for me to dress as I like to dress. Um, even though it may go against culture of what culture says, how I should dress. Um, but the reasoning, but as you said, it, it looks into it, why am I doing so? You know, right. Um, and some of it, honestly, it's not even about like, in a sense of what gender am I trying to present? But also I've even gotten into that of like, sometimes why am I wearing what I'm wearing? Am I wearing it to cause issues with the people I'm about to go see? Mm -hmm. Because I know that what I'm about to wear is going to be very controversial and in their face and annoy the crap out of them. And I kind of want to do that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like wearing something that might be more feminine and therefore, but <laughs> wearing something more feminine to church, you know, those kind of <laughs> things. No, I never do that ever. Um, and having to check my heart and go, why am I doing this? What's the reason? Um, is it to bring about peace? Is it to bring about unity in the church? Is it, or is it to cause conflict? Mm -hmm. And the other piece of that too is that like why are you deciding to conform if that's what it is um exactly you know is that to you know you're stifling mm -hmm. i mean essentially like who mm -hmm. who god made you to be um because i'm really trying to lean into what is biblical femininity what's biblical masculinity um and and i think at least when I grew up in, in the purity movement, this was kind of, it was all very conflated of what the world's definition of femininity is and what God's definition, they, like those two things were not really separated. Um, they're just kind of yeah. all mixed together. And so, you know, now later in my life, I'm trying to really try to give some structure to what is biblical femininity, um, and what's biblical. So, you, you know, um, the dress can be a little bit more. So it becomes more about my heart posture. Am I trying mm -hmm. to, to be masculine? Um, in, again, in like, and then you were switching over of like in a world's definition of masculinity. That's kind of where I get into. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the heart, the heart posture, that's so hard to enforce a rule on. Cause it's, it's a case by case type thing. And I think that's where it gets in inviting with Christ because it's like we as humans can't, can't monitor the heart of other people. Right. And that's where we have to be in Christ. And I love what you said. It's like, it's not even just about like in this, it's always just about what is my reasoning for it? Because if I'm looking for how to delight, like what does Christ think about me? What does God think about me? Does he delight in me? And simply being, simply trying to be the child of God that I am in the unique ways that he's made me his, um, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to be where, then my concern shouldn't be conforming or pushing the envelope right. on the issue, but simply being like, this is, this is me. Yep. This is who God has created me to be. And if that's the focus, then I shouldn't be conforming just to, oh, this is what everyone would want me to act like, oh, I'm going to act this way to cause issues because it goes against what everyone thinks I should act like, but more of who am I and who did Christ make me to be? And let me live that out best. And it may push people's buttons or it may conform at different times with different situations. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
and I think, go ahead. I think there can be a, I I think there can be a balance too of like balancing, you know, like we were saying, why am I doing this? Am I trying to conform? And what does that say about um, whether or not our all of our cultural ideas of uh, biblical femininity and max- masculinity are completely on the money and not at all something that we can question um, versus trying to have charity and trying to because I feel that too man just not even just in my sexuality but also in other topics like am I trying to provoke somebody to have a reaction just for the sake of having that reaction um, I, th- I think there can be a balance between the two of them but also I completely agree with what you're saying that if this, if I, if I am made imago day, then maybe what needs to expand is our idea of what imago day mm-hmm. encapsulates. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and how that's reflected specifically in me. Exactly. You know? Um. And it's a hard, it's a hard thing, and and it's it's going to be kind of unique for each person. Um. And I love what you were saying, Kat, also kind of about the trying to pursue to understand what biblical masculinity and femininity is. <laughs> when you figure it out, please let me know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know. Um, <laughs> Write your book report. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's hard. It's hard with these topics, you know, and and um, and it's just a continual thing of learning and trying to understand it better um, and understand it within our own lives many times because um, yeah, I, I even know, I think so many times we, we put the gender conversation, the understanding of gender of masculinity, femininity are how those represent in ourselves. And we think that that's only a conversation that, affects you if you're trans, but when, in a sense, we all understand, we all subconsciously have understandings of gender and how they affect ourselves. Um, but we don't have to live it out as consciously sometimes when we're cisgender, um, sometimes a little bit more awareness of it when we're queer in general, but, um, but these, but these understandings of how what gender is and how it affects our lives is um is an important thing for all of us not really sure where i was going with that but that was no, apparently that's a really what good, i was going to say um a point to to just show like how the i guess the gender identity part of the lgbt and that's a bunch of different you know labels um and then also sexuality, because, I mean, the further that this conversation is kind of going, you're able to really see the lines in which, okay, that's a gender thing. This is a sexuality thing. And I think that the thing that is um, very connected and overlaps is the whole gender identity piece is that, and it's, it's well, I guess it's more the expression. The gender expression yeah. is the thing that is, um, that's overlapping. So, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you want to put this on there, but no, I'll I... just say it. Um, so, like, go ahead for 
let's say, gay boys and girls, it's not necessarily that they're getting made fun of on the playground because they actually sleep with the same sex. It's because their gender expression is, um, it, they're expressing it differently than what is stereotypically quote unquote normal. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm the one who can say that or, <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think, I think you're touching on something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I was in elementary school, I was bullied a lot. I actually had to switch schools because of bullying. And yeah, yeah. Um, I switched schools twice because of bullying. And um, one of the things that kids would say is that God made a mistake when he made me a boy. So these things that this, this, um, we, Again, I, that's why I'm saying, like, I think sometimes when we're cisgender, even if we're, we're queer and we're cisgender, the gender conversation is still very valid and important because the whole entire idea of being gay is I am a man and I'm attracted to men. So therefore, my gender identity and my gender expression is part of that conversation. But it's subconscious because I'm not thinking, I'm not consciously thinking about how it affects me. Um mm-hmm. But it all affects us. And, and from an early age, you know, that's many times what I was made fun of just because my, how I expressed myself did not fit what other kids thought would fit, should be how I expressed myself as a guy. And, you know, as a cell, like I, I am cisgender, so I, I don't, I'm not trans, but I have always said, I, 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 the phrasing I've always used is I have a, weaker sense of gender in the sense of that, like I can be a run man, I can be a run woman and I can very much kind of get in connected in whichever group I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that I'm a man and that doesn't change, but I don't feel out of place among women any more than in how I feel around men. Um, and that's part of how I understand myself in, in my connection to my own gender. Um, and that's just been over the past year, year and a half of trying to understand more, um, as I've gotten into this gender conversation. Um, well, uh, I know we're kind of, we've gone on for a bit, um, before we kind of wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to share, Kat, that you have not shared? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I think we've eventually gotten around to all of them. (laughs) So it's good. Yeah. (laughs) This has been a, this has been, I, this has been a really good conversation. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah thank you so much for joining us. Honestly. Yeah. Thanks for, again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been, it's been good. Yeah. I also want to uh, shout out to Theology in the Raw who hosted, um, or rather Kat appeared on Theology in the Raw and talked about uh, transgender and some of the more I don't want to say basic questions, but you know, the, for, the front most questions that people tend to ask in regards to that. So if you wanted, uh, more conversation about that, I highly recommend checking out, uh, Theology in the Raw hosted by Preston Sprinkle. It's episode 756 for those who are interested in checking that out and listening to more, uh, from Kat. Thank you. Yeah. This has been awesome. Thank you, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that episode was great. Full, you know, full disclosure. I listened to it before in preparation for this. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you all for listening. 
Thank you so much, Kat, for joining us. We really appreciate yeah, this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey, everyone. As we close out this episode, I just kind of wanted to share some of my post thoughts um, since recording that episode, because this episode actually really impacted me in more ways than I thought it would when Kat originally brought the topic of abiding in Christ to me as one that they wanted to talk about. I was like, great, awesome, yeah, definitely something that we need to talk about. But I didn't really realize the journey that it was going to start me on. Um, And I think in many ways, as we recorded that episode, there was a lot I still couldn't put pieces together yet. And yet, as I have been spending time processing, what does it mean to abide in Christ? What does it mean? And talking from a personal level of what what does that look like in my life um it started a journey um that i have been going on and (laughs) now has initiated a a complete road trip (laughs) of which i'm taking around the country to visit friends and try to figure out um many things related to my relationship with god and relationship with others and and my future and these things and um you know i I, when we talked about abiding in Christ, I just kept thinking, yes, this is about spending time with God and and that it is what it is. And yet I never realized how much I just keep going in my life. I fill my life with so many different things in a way that I just can't stop and be with God. It's hard. I think it's hard for a lot of us. I was listening to another podcast and I can't remember the name, but if I do, I'll put it in in the show notes where the guy said, really in reality what's keeping people from a relationship with god is not that they don't want it nor anything like that it's simply that people are too busy we're too busy to have a relationship with god because having a relationship with god means slowing down the other parts of our life and many times we really just don't want to do that we want to stay busy because it blocks us from having to think about the deep painful disturbing things of our life Um, and during this road trip, a lot of this has been slowing down and allowing those emotions, allowing those hurts, allowing those pains to resurface in my life. And now trying to figure out what do I do with these things? Um, and as we go forward in the next episodes, you're going to hear, we're going to talk about dealing with social media and conflict and prayer and boundaries. And a lot of these things are things that I'm dealing with in my own life. And I wanted to share all of this with you guys to know that this is not something that we're talking about of a, hey, we're going to give you all the answers to deal with this. This is the initiation of a journey, a journey I'm trying to figure out, a journey that everyone that you're going to hear from is trying to figure out. And we're figuring it out together. You guys, us, me, (laughs) I sure am because I do not have the answers to this. But I, I do know that when we focus on abiding with Christ, when we focus on I need to slow my life down to actually hear him to actually allow those emotions that I don't want to deal with to resurface, to deal with those emotions in front of God. Uh, it's a painful journey at times, but it's a needed one. And it's going to bring up things of views of myself, views of God, views of others, the ways I interact with others, the ways I take care of myself, um, the ways I prioritize God. All of this stuff comes up and it's just, this is just the beginning of the journey <laughs> for me. And I'm sure probably for many of you, 
And I hope some of this made sense. And I really just wanted to share this so you guys know that as we talk about these things, you're not alone if you go, I don't know what any of this means and I don't know what steps to take. And I would encourage you, as I'm doing, many times the first step to abiding, trying to understand this topic of abiding with Christ is slowing down enough our lives so that we can hear him and we can let some of those things that we've been trying to ignore and we didn't want to come up and resurface to deal with, allowing the time for those things to come up. So yeah, take that for what it is. And I hope that, I hope that can be of some encouragement and some help to all of you as we go on this together. Um, as we finish though, I did want to share a little bit of exciting news. We are going to be having um, the Beach Hats event in November 14th, and we're really looking forward to it. And some really exciting news, thanks to the help from some really awesome people, for the next 30 people that register for the event, we are going to be able to give a 60% discount. So that means instead of paying $50, you're only going to end up paying $20. And if you're a Patreon, you can also use your 20% discount, which means you're only going to end up paying $10 if you um, register as a Patreon, which is awesome. And um, that will be for the next 30 people. If you go to Life on Side B, a pop-up will appear. And if you click on that pop-up, it will take you to the registration page. And on the registration page, we will have the discount code there, big lettering for you to be able to put in. And that will give you the um, discount code. And again, for the next 30 people. Um, and as we do that, I also get to announce our chat leaders. So I've already told you guys the topics that we're going to be talking about in the Be Chats event. We're going to be talking about um, trans, uh, being trans in Side B. We're going to talk about coming out as LGBT and Christian and Side B relationships. And so in our trans and Side B conversation, we're going to be having the amazing Leslie Hudson Reynolds, along with Kat LaBrary, who was in this episode. Uh, the two of them are going to be talking about what does it mean to be trans in Side B and what does that look like uh, in our conversation on uh, coming out as side, uh, coming out as LGBT and Christian. We're going to be having the wonderful Ray Lowe and our very own co-host Ashley talking about different ways of they how they come out and to whom do they come out and who do they decide not to come out to and what kind of levels are comfortable for their life and we're going to be going more into that topic and in the side b relationships conversation we're going to be having um the very amazing Lori krieg who's going to be talking about mixed orientation marriage matt is going to be returning to talk about celibate partnerships Ed, my adopted brother, is going to be talking about committed friendships and adopted family. And Miss Melinda Malone will be returning to talk about intentional community. The goal with all of these topics is that we're going to be talking about how do we apply these to our lives? How do they really individually affect you and me and differently within our context? So go ahead, um, register on the event. Remember to look for that um, that. Uh, discount code. We will be having it on the uh, event page and we cannot wait to see you there. You won't want to miss it. So anyway, thank you all and we can't wait to see you there and we'll talk to you soon. Bye everyone. Mm -hmm.